today's scripture reading comes to us from the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me and for me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In 1881, the railroad came to a small agricultural oasis that was situated in the desert wilderness along the banks of the Rio Bravo del Norte between two mountain ranges. There had always been a lot of strife in this wilderness oasis as it was continually the center of border wars, Indian raids and revolts, and a river that frequently overflowed its banks. But the strife was compounded with the influx of people that came in with the railroad. Yes, the arrival of the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe brought professional people and entrepreneurs to an area that was known for its Green River Valley, its almost perfect year-round climate, and the nearly endless sunshine. But it also brought gamblers and gunfighters, thieves, murderers, and even prostitutes. As a result, this sleepy wilderness oasis quickly became a dusty frontier boomtown known as the six-shooter capital or even Sin City. Saloons, dance halls, gaming establishments, and houses of prostitution abounded along the main streets of town, of the town. And the city fathers turned a blind eye to all of it as long as the price was right. To make matters worse, the town's reputation was upheld by a ruthless gunslinger of a marshal by the name of Dallas Staudenmire, who was known to shoot first and ask questions later. Fortunately for this growing city, a few brave businessmen stepped up at the turn of the century to defy the outlaw contingent closed down the houses of gambling and prostitution and put El Paso on the road to a much better future. Today, this wilderness oasis along the banks of what is now called the Rio Grande is a bustling city, population of 675,000 in a greater metropolitan area close to 3 million people. 
Because of the presence of some people who guided her through the temptations encountered in the wilderness 110 years ago, the desert oasis that we call home has been transformed into a beautiful and colorful city that can now proudly boast that it is the safest one in the United States. As the story of our city's history turns our mental focus to the desert wilderness, today, on this first Sunday of Lent, we turn our spiritual focus there as well. In Mark's gospel account of Jesus' time spent in the wilderness, it is extremely limited. Just two verses stuck in the middle of a six-verse spread that takes us from his baptism through the temptation in the wilderness and into his pronouncement of what his life's work is all about. Mark tells us only, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. From these two verses in Mark, we know only five things for certain. One is that the same spirit that descended on Jesus at his baptism drove him almost immediately out into the wilderness. The second one is that he stayed there for 40 days. Third, Satan, wild animals, and angels were there with him. Fourth, we know that Satan tempted him. And fifth, we know that angels waited on him. There is no other detail in this short account in the gospel. So what lesson is to be gleaned from this brief account of the temptation of Jesus? Most easily, we can focus on the wilderness, as it's something that we're mostly familiar with. Webster defines this term as an area essentially undisturbed by human activity together with its naturally developed life community. It's a lot of words to basically say it's a place that's only inhabited by wildlife. I think generally we can agree with this definition. We know it describes what the wilderness is. Just as we know, the wilderness was never a terribly friendly environment to begin with. And in times, it can be extremely difficult and even life-threatening. When we are in this place, we expect to be tested and inconvenienced and to find danger and discomfort. What we may not stop to think about, though, is that the wilderness is also a place of spiritual danger. In the wilderness is a place where God's people are often challenged and where they have to struggle and suffer. The wilderness is the realm of Satan. It means not only danger to life and limb, but also temptation, threats, and potential mortality to the human soul. It was into this place of chaos and danger where Jesus was rather forcefully driven at the moment of his baptism. And this leads us to the second area of focus. 
Jesus listened to the Holy Spirit. He didn't question the message or the messenger, nor did he seek a way out of the situation. He just went, and he went with great faith and great trust. Jesus went into the wilderness with no expectations, no honed survival skills, and not even proven techniques to withstand the temptations that would come his way at the hands of Satan. In doing so, Jesus faced evil head on. He encountered the worst parts of this fallen and broken world. Yet he simply accepted the company that he was given and trusted in a promise of God's presence and protection. And this, I think, leads us to the lesson for today. God is present with us, and he is protecting us. You see, we all have times when we are in the wilderness of life, where we struggle with illness and disease, lost jobs, and other hurts. We encounter the darkness and the fear of things that we do not know, and cannot control. We have experiences that are so painful that they consume our entire being when we know that God is silent and we think that perhaps he's even abandoned us. It is precisely then that Mark reminds us that Jesus has been there. He ventured to the front lines of darkness and violence through his own wilderness so he could meet us in the depths of ours. It is in these pits of despair and darkness where we find God's love and mercy revealed to us. He has not abandoned us. Instead, he's using these moments to transform us, to strip away everything that separates us from God, and to help us emerge out of the wilderness into the good news of the kingdom of God. Faith, trust, and perseverance. With these three things, 110 years ago, a few forward-thinking businessmen made their presence known in a boom town filled with houses of ill repute. They changed the laws of the community and transformed it from an outlaw denizen into the bustling and vibrant city that we know today. Faith, trust, and perseverance. With these three things, one man was thrust into the wilderness of a broken and fallen world 2,000 years ago. He emerged victorious changing our temptation and despair and transforming us with his grace-filled presence. Faith, trust, and perseverance. With them, we can be called out of the wilderness and into the knowledge that we are beloved children of the Most High God and heirs to his eternal kingdom now and forever. Amen and amen.